I know the maker of the rain. He can calm the storms and make the sun to shine again. I know. Let's stand on our feet in the presence of the Lord. Oh, yes, I know, I know. Yes. Oh, I know, I know, 
say it in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's so good to be in the house of the Maker. Hallelujah. And to rally around the word of life this morning. Just turn around and shake your brother and your sister's hand and say, Thou art welcome in the house of the Lord. Let's just say melusi melusi wami ngibiza kuwe melusi melusi I 
Aleluya. Aleluya. It's our rock of ages. Aleluya. Let me hide myself in thee. Aleluya. Let's just say Agere Pachigaro. I believe a lot knows this morning that we we having our Zimbabwean elder. So our song service will have a touch of Shona this morning. Hallelujah. And then I'll ask my precious brother, Brother Philip will come to the floor just to open this service in a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Oh, I get it, Pachigaro. I get it, Pachigaro. Lord, you foreknew us and you chose us and you predestinated us, Lord. 
And all that we can do, Lord, that, that desire that you've put in our hearts, Lord, is to serve you, to glorify you, to worship you with everything that's inside of us, O oh Lord. And be grateful, Lord, that we can come together, Lord. We pray, Lord, may be with every one of us, Lord. Every need that's on the hearts of every person, Lord. You knew it before, oh Lord. And, our oh Lord, may you look upon us, Lord. And we've come here for the blessing, Lord. We know, Lord, that you're going to bless us, Lord. You said, ask and you shall receive, O oh Lord. And we're grateful, Lord, where two or three are gathered in your name, you will be in our midst, O Lord. We pray for the pastor, Lord, that you may be with him, Lord. That you may just flow through, that the words may flow through his lips, Lord, that we may have. Open up our hearts, Lord. Open up our minds, Lord, and just to receive you, Lord. Go with us further, Lord, and let thy will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Shall we give the Lord a hand of praise? Shall we give the Lord a smile offering this morning? Just a smile offering. Yes. I wonder how many remembers the song Wakanaka Mwari. Not Mwari Wakanaka. Wakanaka Mwari. Wakanaka Mwari. Wakanaka. We're going to do it on E. I just want to find out how many remembers the song. Amen. How many remembers the song? All right. We're going to need it somewhere this morning. All right. My brother, let's start up. No, no, not that one. Hallelujah. All right. Yes. We're going to need that one. Just keep it in your pocket. Yes. Our bluegrass medley this morning. Hallelujah. I will enter his gate with thanksgiving in our hearts. Thank you. Are we on I will enter his gate with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his
Yeah. 
Don't you cry, it is the Lord, it is the Lord, yes, it's the Lord, no matter what you go. Shall be showers of blessing. 
Oh, that today they might fall. Now a suit let we confess. Now as on Jesus we Hallelujah. Amen. Happy this morning. So much I'm giving you, so much I'm giving you. 
those hands. Ah, 
I see the announcements are a little bit delayed. Yeah. I'm gonna feature my precious sister, Sister Mbanya. Is she from? Come, my sister, let's say Saubona Jesu. Hallelujah. this morning. Good morning, Jesus. Hallelujah. Who's it? 
So good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm just going to sing a worshiping song. My time is over here. Yes. And I'll welcome our precious pastor to come to the floor. Magabongwe, 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 Altesu Magabongwe, 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 Ah! 
Oui. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. He's holy this morning. Yes, and he deserves our highest praise. Yes. My sins weigh higher than the mountain when the Lord sent him Oh, my sins weigh higher than the mountain when the My sins weigh higher than the mountain when the Lord sanctified. Oh, my sins weigh higher. Yeah. yeah. 
blessed be the name of the Lord. Shall we give the Lord a hand of praise? We depend upon the power from above and the finished weapon covering. Yeah, we stand, we proclaim victory. to the Lord and then we have the wedding of brother 
Dimsani and Sister Sharon. Uh, is it starting what time? Nine o'clock? Nine o'clock. For real. <laughs> All right. Nine o'clock for real. Amen. Let's be on time, folks. The earlier we start, the better. Uh, the venue, is it everybody knowing the venue? The old Middleburg Road? Uh, immediately you look after Jakaru Park uh, uh, crossing, you look on the right hand side, there is a venue there for, uh, for weddings, we will be there, amen. Nine o'clock, shall we say nine o'clock? Amen, not three o'clock, not nine o'clock, amen. And then a thanksgiving from Brother Grace for the support that we have granted to him. He says he felt the love of the family of God, and then they want to appreciate everything. Amen. So they say it was lighter because of your support. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, here's a prayer request from Sister Madi regarding her sister. We just want to intervene. Uh, and say, whatever demon that may be tormenting our sister, we've got a remedy, which is the name of Jesus Christ. At this point in time, we come against that demon in the name of Jesus Christ. It must leave her body so that there must be a testimony that her matter was brought before the saints, and the saints prayed about it, and as a result, she's delivered. Even for Sister Lasimo, as she's undertaking the journey back to Zimbabwe, May you comfort the family, dear God. And Lord, we know that nothing happens by accident with you. Everything was pre-planted, dear God. Our births were pre-planned and our departure here on earth is pre-planned. So there is nothing out of cater. We want to commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. While you take your seats, just for a second. Amen. It's good to see the old good doctor in the building. Amen. A round of applause for Dr. Batsy. Amen. I'm happy to see him. Uh, we've got Brother Mloti from Zimbabwe. Amen. If you can stand up. Amen. Uh, demons are afraid of this man. This man's faith is something else. Amen. We will share with you what his faith can do. And then we'll give him an opportunity to pray for some of you if you need a prayer. Amen. There is a testimony. Remember the testimony that I shared about the sentence that was taken to Europe and came back and was prayed for and she got healed. It was the brother that prayed for that sentence. Amen. And we've got our elder, Pastor Godwin Chizindi. Amen. Uh, I, I'm not going to say much. Uh, we just want to welcome him here. And then he will speak what is in his heart. He's an elder, veteran, long in the message, seasoned, trained. Amen. We are learning a lot of things from him. Amen. As we stand to our feet, let's say, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed as the man of God comes to the fore. Amen. He hasn't preached in this country for the 
past 12 years. Hallelujah. We are fortunate to break that cycle. Amen. God orchestrated events that he must be here this morning. Amen. I am redeemed. Amen. I am redeemed. I am bought with the price. Jesus, Jesus has changed. this morning. situations to break my silence. My first time in this country was in 1979 attending a convention in the message. And I was coming as a message preacher. So I have a paid degree that is open before all. If you want to see the ministers that attended that convention, you will see me there. I had a beard there. And I've remained with the same message to this day. I I don't want to make comments that can create problems for you people. So I'll try to restrict myself to uh, the invitation. My reason for being here, I was coming here to meet Brother Babes and his colleague from Ghana. 
If it weren't for that, I was not yet ready to come here. I'm still working on the program. But being here, the Bible says, show yourself a friend. If you have a friend, you must show before everyone that you are friends. So, because I came for that purpose, I know there's people that are expecting to hear something about it. Uh, I've been privileged to be very long in this message. The first time, it was, the first message I read was the message, He That Is In You, which I read in January 1975. And I fell in love with the message and the messenger. And uh, I've, been, I've had the grace to stay with this, mas- this very message. Amen. Amen. So, uh, I preached sometime back home a message, God breaking his silence. God likes to keep quiet for a long time. And then suddenly he breaks his silence. And then when God breaks his silence, things begin to move a certain way. Amen. The reason why sometimes I go silent, if things are moving in directions where I don't want to bring myself into complications, then I just say, let me just stay on my post of duty and see what I can achieve there. Uh, last month, which was in April, in April, end of April, I broke my silence in Botswana. I started that church in 1983, and that church in the 90s, somewhere there, was attracting so many people from, from all kinds of countries. And then when there was kind of a dispute, I just withdrew myself completely. I said, I am not the only servant of God. Let others do what can be done. It's the only way to do things in a Christian way. If there's going to be a dispute, withdraw yourself and see what God can do. So then the church that was built and the pillars and all the people who made contributions, they are all my children, the people that I've raised. Even after 20 years, they still have not been able to raise anybody that means anything. Now, brothers and sisters, if God calls you for something, he honors that calling and the commission. And you have many people from Zimbabwe that are here with you. If you know any preacher in Zimbabwe, that means anything. He's one of my children. And I'm not a tree that is dried out, that is no longer begetting. I'm still begetting by the grace of God. Only last year was my first time to put my foot in Malawi because somebody insisted that I should be there. And then I went there just that. Because I'm not a sower of discord. I don't believe in going to upset people, upset churches and cause commotion. I believe God give us two jurisdictions. My country is Zimbabwe. If you show me a place in Zimbabwe where there is no message, church will tell you, brother, give us a few months, there will be a church there. We'll do it. And that is accepting the responsibility. I don't believe in sowing discord anywhere. My first time in America, I went to a convention in 1981. Many of you were not yet born. 
And then what I saw and what I've been able to do, I go there once in a while, but I'm not one of those preachers that get lost in the maze of churches. Yeah, 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 preach everywhere. I believe in the post of duty. And your post of duty, God will honor you. You become powerful. Can we say amen to that? Of course, uh, I had the privilege of meeting the Sikosanas when they were very little. And I was entertained in their home when they were little. We're not, we're not spring chicken. We come a long way. But even a friend, if a friend begins to behave in a certain way that I find that I'm compelled to stand and speak against a friend, then I say I will not do that. I will just pull out and stay away. If he ever comes and says, but why, why are you not coming? Then I say, no, my brother, I do not think it's fair for me to come and contradict you in case you are right on the matter. In case you are right. And I believe that is respect. We need to respect other people. If you're working in another country, even if you know better than those people, try to, make, try to accept that God has not given you that jurisdiction. I think it's only fair. And of course, if something comes to Zimbabwe, I would really feel that it is, we have territorial integrity. Where we have to do something like a no-fly zone. So things don't just fly into Zimbabwe. No, no, no. We will confront without hesitation to say, declare yourself. Who are you? Are you with us or against us? But in South Africa, I cannot do that. I can only give an opinion. So, brethren, uh, I love South African people. They've always been friends to us. Many of us, over the years, when things were not doing well, we got a lot of help from South Africa directly and indirectly. And uh, we did not choose to be neighbors to South Africa, but we were made like that. So, if there are snakes in your neighbor's property better help them to get rid of the snakes because snakes next door will be snakes by your house. If there's a fire in the next farm, if you let them say it's their own responsibility, the snakes that run away from that fire, they will run to your property. And then the fire might jump the fire guard and then you have a problem. So already we are seeing that there is a fire here in South Africa. And we have to help you put it out. Wherever we can. Amen. I, don't, I believe in soccer there is also a time when the whistle is blown and say you are offside. I don't want this whistle blown on me and say offside. I want to be sure I'm within the parameters. Amen. The thing, the beauty of it all is I know God. God has been very gracious to me. Uh, Today I want to speak about cheap labor. Amen. In my preaching, you may find that God is 
addressing your situation. Because you must find your destiny. Find who you are. Find the things that God has in, in store for you. And then your life will begin to move. You may be doing certain things because you don't know who you are. But even as we are preaching, you may find who you are. I found who I am. It was contrary to all that I wanted to be. I never wanted to be a clergyman. I never wanted to be a priest. I had seen the dark side of priests. But God called me to be an example. Can we say amen to that? So we're going to go into the scriptures. Sorry for making you stand so long. But uh, I like to win in every situation. Because I was given the name Godwin. That was my name when I was born. Yes. So I believe in winning. And I win. We're going to go to the book of Revelations. I'm really spoiled back home by the use of the projector. The use of projector has spoiled me a little bit. Which we want to read from Revelation chapter 12. We are going to try to avoid reading too many scriptures. But to make a point strong, sometimes we have to read the scriptures. So in the book of Revelations, chapter 12, we want to read from verse 3. Oh, there we are. My friend is alive over there. All right. I like to to see that everyone is reading. Oh, there is my friend again. It says, and there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to bring forth, to be delivered, uh, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. And there was war in heaven. I want you to catch that. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not. Neither was there any place found anymore in heaven. And the dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, 
and his angels were cast out with him. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Dear God, our heavenly father, eternal Jehovah, sovereign of the universe, the one and only true living God, we thank thee, Lord, that we are what we are by your grace. Lord, our heavenly father, you bypassed many. You bypassed the headmen of the village. You bypassed the headmaster of the school. You bypassed the doctor at the hospital. And you came for a peasant. You came to an ordinary person. Lord, even you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. That you are still bypassing many coming to those that you have chosen. Lord, this little tabernacle here in a place so big with so many things. But you have bypassed all these places to be speaking here with us. Lord, our heavenly father, may you speak unto us. Let it not be in vain. Lord, if there be somebody that has someone sick or someone who has a real problem facing them, Lord, may you meet them, Lord, at the point of their need. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We may be seated. Now, someone is already wondering if I said I'm speaking about the cheap labor, so where can I hang my coat? Because the place is getting hot. Right, I said my title is Cheap Labor. I try to communicate with ordinary people. And yet the real issue, the real subject is extreme testing for a supreme position. Amen. Now the reasoning and the reason why I get to this is I will be observing. Here we are in heaven. He says there appeared a wonder in heaven. And in that wonder, there was a dragon in heaven. He was a dragon, but he did not look like a dragon. But somewhere along the line, he began to show certain characters and characteristics. Deception did not start on earth. It started in heaven. False religion did not start on earth. It started in heaven. War did not start on earth. It started in heaven. And the war that started in heaven is going to be concluded here on earth. When the war started in heaven, what was it all about? Our God is God of drama. When you see any drama anywhere, it is just all to pattern after the real drama of God. And that drama started in heaven. There was drama in heaven. Amen. It started off all, everything, everyone was united in heaven, worshipping the one God. But when the drama began to unfold, somebody there by the name of Lucifer, who was an archangel, was not satisfied to be an archangel. He wanted to be like God. It was his ambition to be worshipped like God. He didn't want to be just a rebel running a certain part of Congo there and the rest of it living into Joseph Kabila. No, he doesn't want to be that. He wants to be worshipped like God. In other words, his target is challenging God. Like you see in politics, they are allowed to challenge the sitting chairman of the party to say I'm challenging for that position. 
So that politics started in heaven with Lucifer wanting an election in heaven, challenging. He wanted to be voted in to become God. True ministers and men of God are not voted in. They come by a divine call and a divine vindication. Can we say amen to that? But when the church is formed, there is always a Lucifer somewhere that will be working around the people to try to create a commotion, hoping that one day there will be an election. And then through that campaign, get the popular vote. It's not about popularity. It's about the commission and the mission and the anointing. Can we say amen to that? I've been challenged in my position and the election voted against me. They voted in what? And I said, not a problem with me. And I let it be and I say, where are those people now? Some of them are languishing in prison now. And some of them have come to mysterious end. You cannot have something that God has not given you. And if God gives you something, it's yours. Because you've got the title deeds. You can have someone squatting on your property. Something that's given to you, somebody can be a squatter there. But he doesn't have the title deeds. When the storms come, when the time comes, he will lose that. But what God gives you, it cannot be taken away. So, in the drama there, the devil was moving around and God was seeing. was seeing him. He was seeing what he was doing. So, you are saying, what is the, where is the cheap labor? The cheap labor was there in heaven. People that were there in heaven, that were an unknown quantity. They had never been proven. They had never been tested to see where they stand. As soon as there was a little commotion, already they were already nodding to say, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. A lie made sense in heaven. A lie made sense in Eden. A lie made sense in Israel. A lie is making sense today. Until people in the message, they are trying to say, say on, say on, say what? If as ministers we fail to make the Bible work, if as ministers we, make to fail the, we fail to make the message work to solve and dissolve our problems, then hungry children will feed from the dustbin. Because children, when they are hungry, they will feed from anywhere. But if there is food, if you can provide right there the things that they are needed for those who have what it takes. Amen. There's people claiming to be seeing angels today. I've never seen an angel. But those who have seen angels, what have they done with that angel? Nothing. I've not seen any angel. But I've got a commission. God called me. He promised to be with me and he is with me. Let me announce to you. Let me just announce something that may make some people angry. God is faithful. He will stand with any man that will stand with his word. Can we say amen to that? We've got to make the Bible work. The message that we have. It works. If, look, listen to this, young people. David, in his situation, he didn't have anything but just a slingshot. But he perfected. His hand became one with that slingshot. And with it, 
he killed a lion and a bear. And when Goliath came, he went for Goliath with that slingshot. If you perfect the use of the spoken word, you will be able to pull down all the powers of the enemy. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. They are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. On this trip, we came down to pull the strong down. Pull down the stronghold. There is a stronghold that has been imported into this country unwittingly. And we were here to pull down that stronghold. We believe after this trip, that stronghold will not be a stronghold anymore. That gentleman tried to fire an arrow at me to give a prophecy from the, from the internet. I kept quiet. And after some time I said, does God, do you think God wants to impress me by telling me something that happened five years ago that is on public domain? It does not impress me. What good is it? That matter is on internet. It's something that I resolved personally. The man who tried to steal my house, I recovered my house, I've sold the house, I've forgotten about it. So what is God talking about? I said, try something else. Try something else. If somebody tells me my name, what is that? What is that? If he told me of some encounter that I had with a lion, that way I was nearly killed by a lion in the bush, something that is not on public domain, yes, I can say, there's something. Then he says, ah, since you're a hunter, you're going hunting, be careful. I can say, maybe there's something. But some, someone's scanning, going, maybe he tried to get into my channel and couldn't get in there. So, maybe he went into the toilet and scrolled and find something on the internet and he comes with that. I'm not a cheap person. I have stood firm against Angel Makandiwa. The mega prophets in Zimbabwe, they fear me as we speak. Because I challenge them on, straight, directly. I say, these are thieves and liars. Let them prove it. We are not cheap. We know what we are doing. They've got mega followings of people that are really... You see, if you ever know how dirty prophets from West Africa are, what they drink and what they give people, you will not want to see anything from that area. Well, I want to see a brother come from West Africa, but not a prophet. No, sir. I don't want something that comes from a dustbin. The region of West Africa is the spiritual dustbin period. That's it. But from there, God can find his own children there. But if some come, something comes heavily polluted, behaving like a false prophet, prophesying like a false prophet, all the mannerism is the mannerism of a false prophet, and all the stories about witchcraft, about underwater, and ah, come on, that is junk. We don't want to hear that kind of nonsense. You say, you say nonsense, absolutely. You see, brothers and sisters, thank God, my first time in Nigeria was in 1980. I met my brethren. I got good brothers in Nigeria. They won't even look at all this junk. They say, hey, do you mean to say you are trying to listen to this? There's thousands, literally, maybe up to half a million of people that are doing that kind of junk in that region. What is it? It is a mixture of demon power and also subtle tricks. Because the devil cannot just, if you are sealed with the Holy Ghost, he can break into you. 
An ordinary person, yes, they can scan you like you are scanning something, but if you are sealed with the Holy Ghost, he can't get through. He has got to go to the internet. Someone says, are you not afraid? I am not afraid even of the devil himself. Not even the devil himself. Scripturally, the devil is under us. The scripture is very clear. Behold, I saw Satan fall like lightning. He said, I have seen Satan fall like lightning. And he said, behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil. Including the devil himself. So where is the problem? I'm not afraid of marine spirits. I'm not afraid of those things. We have conquered the spirits there in Zimbabwe. If you ever come and you have enough time, we can go and show you where we built our church in my home area. It was a shrine of one of the revered spiritual, you know, mystics. They died at the high age of 106. And all the politicians loved and honored the man and was given a hero status. But when we came eyeball to eyeball, it was there where he suffered his defeat. Because I am representing a principle and a kingdom. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in all those things. That's why we have no fear. Can we say amen to that? John wrote and said, little children, you have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Can we say amen to that? I had the joy of giving instruction to that person to say, go and sit there. We don't want you here. And people thought something would happen to me. Nothing. We reversed everything that he had done and then Within a short time, we went and bought the place where he had his shrine. We bought it and we pulled down all the shrines and everything and threw them away, the things of Baal, and we put up our church right there. And these are not things in a dream. It's something you can see. We can say, here it is. Here is where it was. Let alone something from West Africa. West Africa, it is. You see, there's a Bible belt in America where there's mega churches. There's a soccer belt in South Africa, Southern America there where soccer is a very big thing. There's a music belt in South Africa here where everyone sings well. There's a, there's a demonic belt in West Africa. The whole range, it is a, a demon belt. Anybody will tell you from that place that don't believe any of the things that come from here. They'll tell you the Christians from there. They are not just con men. They are con men connected to the devil. Mm-hmm. Does it scare you? No, we got, over, we got power over that. Alright, now listen. In heaven, the angels that were there, there was a whole lot of angels. But some of them did not know the difference between God and Lucifer. And when Lucifer started his story, telling the story, a lie, 
They said, yeah, you never know these things. Perhaps he's right. If it's contrary to the word, I don't care how it smells, how big it is, whatever it has done, it is wrong. The Bible is the absolute. If it's against the Bible, then it's not right. Lucifer, what you are saying was clearly against the instruction in heaven. But don't, you see, this time you cannot afford to be naive. This is the combat zone. We are the militia God is relying on. We are called mighty gentle warriors. To fight the final battle. Because the battle that was started in heaven will be concluded here on earth. It was fought angel to angel. But right now, it is to be fought here on earth. The same God, he says, he has come among us to empower us to that battle. We don't look like we can do it. You can see. Listen to this. Europe was overrun. The demons of Sodom and Gomorrah, they overrun Europe completely. Whatever else they can do, they can still do social work and so forth, but spiritually they are history. They are history. Why? They had a lot of time. Remember, God has blessed Europe from the time of even down through the church age down through the church ages we have had messengers that were coming from Europe and all those nations were blessed because of that France was blessed because of Martin and also Luther uh, uh, and Germany was, was blessed because of Martin Luther England was blessed because of John Wesley, America was blessed because of Brother Branham but all these after with all that pile of blessings until we work for them even in our own business they've got to come and be our bosses because there was a blessing upon them without them we cannot run anything it's a proven fact it's a blessing that was upon them but they are losing the blessing because the blessing was lying here while they were worshipping God we were worshipping our ancestors that's why here in South Africa here there is systems on systems are intact because the white people are still here. Someone say, why do you talk like that? Brother, I speak the truth. From Zimbabwe going northwards, there, there are no systems in place. But all our politicians worship idols. All of them. They go to witch doctors before elections. That's where they get their polls. They don't look for polls, CNN polls and so forth. No, no, they go to witch doctors. So where, where can they take you? but the blessing that should be coming here we are being robbed by these dirty things coming from West Africa go tell them if they are not dirty what are they the whole of Nigeria there is lots of good Christians but inside of that they are not the ones that are prominent now what is prominent is this false prophet full of demons from thought to crown called T.B. Joshua. Go tell him. <laughs> Go tell him. If he had the power to do anything to me, he would have done it. 
because I've always confronted him very much directly. He knows what I say. He's got followers there that also we are facing them, but they really, really fear us because they try something. They find, hey, there's more than a wall around because the Bible is very clear. The angel of the Lord encampeth around those that fear him. There's angels around you. And you know, South Africa, as civilized as South Africa is, how could we have people that can afford a plane ticket to Nigeria and back and hotel fees? How can they go from South Africa, a country with structures, to a country that is crumbled like Nigeria to get a blessing? What is there in Nigeria? What is there? Pot-bellied children. And so many cripples because they were not vaccinated. To, so people left and went there. What happened? They went there to be blessed. They came back in coffins. And that man did not resign and say, God has rejected my prayer. He still wants some more offerings to the devil. Go tell him that. Sure. But why do people like here in South Africa, why do they do that? Do you know what it is? Hungry children will eat from the dustbin. They are hungry. If we don't make our religion work and solve and dissolve their problems, then they will look for that solution somewhere. If we can't deal with sicknesses that rise among us, if we can't deal the biggest demon in this region, in all these regions, is a demon of poverty. It's a demon. And because of that, people go far and wide to try to break that chain and get tokoloshis. Of course, tokoloshis is not something manufactured. It is something in existence. It's a little demon. It's demons that they manufacture. And it works for a certain time. So can I carry on now? All right. Now, because in heaven, there was such a disaster where there was civil war in heaven. Do, do you, did you hear me correctly? Amen. There was civil war in heaven. Because the citizens there, they had never been qualified to be there. They were there by osmosis, by a natural process. So from that time, God, he said, Michael, it's up to you to deal with this. So Michael said, who is on the Lord's side? And then message believers said, here we are. Who is on the Lord's side? That was the message Michael preached in heaven. He's still preaching it now here on earth and say, who is on the Lord's side? Which is the Lord's side? It is the side of the word. And those who said we are, he said, okay, pull your swords. Go for them. And those they were not going to be outdone, they pulled out their swords and there was war in heaven. They fought back. And Michael and his angels, he prevailed. And they were cast out. And when they were cast out, it was quite a surprise. Once people come under the delusion of the devil, they become totally subject to him. They remain subject. 
He, how does he maintain his kingdom even now? By lies. He says we are going to prevail. He is making them sing. We shall overcome. That's what they are singing. And as they going from nation to nation. Getting temporal victories. They really think one day when the final election is made. God will be outvoted. <laughs> no indeed God is not for the majority. He knows his seed. Do you know there is more than the number of planets or let me say uh, galaxies. A galaxy is a complete universe with all that can be seen by telescopes. Billions of light years. There's billions of galaxies that God created. More than the human beings. The galaxies are more than the hairs on all the human beings put together. Plus the hairs on the cattle and on all the animals with hairs. There are more galaxies than that. And yet in all that there is nothing. He chose a little, little thing called the earth and he put men here. So it's not God that goes by the majority. No, the majority is junk. A diamond that can fit in anyone's stomach can buy buildings. It can buy buildings in America. A diamond that someone can swallow and wait for the natural process for him to recover it. This is what they do with diamonds. He can sell it for so much money, but it is so small. And to get it, they might have to crush so many tons, hundreds and hundreds of tons of junk. So there's a lot of junk that's not, be, that's not going to be in heaven. It won't be missed either. Can we say amen to that? Now, brothers and sisters, our God is the God of the paradox. He then became very silent after that disaster in heaven for a very long time. Then one day he broke his silence. Then he created the heavens and the earth. Then he was silent many, many, many years. Then one day he said, let there be light. And then there was light. Then he put men on earth. So, if you look at all these natural things from a scientific point of view, it, makes a, it doesn't make sense that things were created 6,000 years ago. Things have been there for a very long time because he created, he is not in time. He's not part of time. He does something and leaves it there. He called Abraham and Abraham, he told, showed him the land that, was, that he had given to him. And Abraham said, okay, shall I buy some fence for it? God said, not yet. There's going to be 400 years before your children can come there. You can't ask God, what are you doing? Because he's God, he's the universal God with a universal program. His program is not just for the Jews. It's also for his enemies. When God is dealing with you, taking you up there, he's also bringing something down here. In other words, he has a universal program. That covers everything. So as he was positioning Israel in that position, he was dispossessing and punishing people for abusing that land. 
You cannot um, twist God to say, now, Mr. God, you see things are running out of control. He said, wait a minute. I know what I'm doing. When he created, when he put men on earth and he put an Eden, before he put men there, the devil come to spy. Oh, he said at last God has understood that he has made something for me and my kingdom. At least he is, he is understanding now. So if he leaves me here, I'll leave him up there. He was surprised. After some time, God took some soil and he made something and he breathed into it and he said, this is your domain. All this is yours. Everything. Whatever you want, speak. It will be the way you want. And the devil says, what about me? He said, I discounted you. He's God of discount. That's why he said to Abraham, take Isaac, your only son. What about Ishmael? Discount. He's discounting. There are people that are discounted. In other words, God does not count them anymore. They are not on the mailing list anymore. Can you say amen to that? It's a painful thing if you are one of those that are discounted. It's painful. Thank God I'm in. I'm not one of those that are discounted. I'm in. That's why I rejoice. That's why I love him. That's why I have no complaint. When I read the Bible, I see the Bible puts me in there. But it it's excludes certain people. What is it to me? It's up to them. He says, okay, whosoever. I say, okay, my brother, why don't you try? Cain, God said, you are, you are so moved. Why don't you try to do what Abel was doing? He says, never. I'd rather go to hell than believe the message. He says, no problem. No problem. Hell, you'll go to. You'll be there. Because it's your choice. There is a choice. God has made the thing in such a way that human beings that will populate heaven, they are not going to be an unknown quantity. There are people that have been tested completely. That there is no, there's nothing in them, a recessive gene that might actually rise up in heaven and start the trouble again. Why do we use the visa system? It's trying to shut out certain individuals to, to really screen off. There are certain countries that are known to engage in a lot of drug trafficking and so forth. And if you have a passport from that area, even if you are offered that passport for 10 rands, don't take it because it will lend you in problems. Because it's a, it's a junk thing. I'm going to say something that might be a little bit touchy. I, I was, I, I'm a champion seed producer in my country. And it's fully documented. I was producing seed. Maize seed. It's by the grace of God. The reason why I'm bringing this, it's only for this reason. When we talk of seed, a seed must represent certain things. Certain qualities. You understand? So in seed production, by the way, South Africa is considered in the language of seed, it is a dustbin. 
because of GMO. They've accepted GMO in the country. When you are producing seed for companies like Pioneer, big companies, international companies, from the end of your field, anywhere within 360 meters, if there is found any maize seed in that vicinity, your field is condemned. It means it is polluted because the air, you know, as the wind blows, it can blow this, the, the pollen and land in your field and then your seed will be mongrel. I had a field that was condemned because of people called squatters that just plant in little portions in the bush there. It was condemned. Because when the inspectors come, they don't even start by going to your field. They, they search all the area to see all around is there nothing there that can really pollute the seed. When it's found, there's no debate, nothing, nothing. It's condemned. That's it. So where God is producing a seed for the next program, there must be no other seed within a certain range. If it is there, it brings a condemnation. Because the pet decree, it talks about purity. Then in the process of producing the seed, you are producing a certain seed from two varieties. You want one quality from this variety and this one so that the seed will be true to that. So the female, you plant the males first and then after a week, you plant the females. And then when the time comes for the pollination, your people, even before the pollination, you must go through the field inspecting plant by plant to look for mongrels. A mongrel is something that is growing different from the rest. They call them rogues. So the process is called rogging, removing the rogues. Something that is growing faster than the others. The question is why? Pull it out. Pull it out. And then if you employ cheap labor, when you are doing seed, you have got a big problem. Because it's going to be condemned. Then the next thing you must do is when the pollination starts, before even they don't want to see any pollen, any tassel on any of these females, they have also their own tassel, but you must fill it by hand and pluck it out. You must do it every day, whether it's raining or what, they must, it must not appear. Because by the time it appears, there's a chance that the pollen from there can pollute. So they go around, you, your people go every time to fill it and pluck it out, fill it and pluck it out, and the others that grow slowly, uh, you pluck them out as well. Until the inspectors, when they see that everything is just right, then they wait to see what level, what do you produce? After passing all the tests, I produced 8.8 tons per hectare. That is pulling out the females 
You see, you, you are, the males after the pollination, you remove them. So you are remaining, you are remaining with three quarters of your field. And out of the three quarters, I, I got 8.8 tons per hectare. And I had dinner with the president of Pioneer from America. I had dinner with him to, to receive some honor and a check of 10,000 US dollars. Despite also the good handsome check for the seed that was produced. Now, if you do things correctly, you will qualify. Then, when we, had, when we had people, when I was a bit relaxed, thinking my people now know what to do, that's when I got a condemned seed. So, in the message, this is now seed for something else. We are talking of the rapture. We are talking of a new kingdom that will be here on earth. We are talking of a new Jerusalem. We are talking first of all of the rapture. After the rapture, we come to the millennium. After the millennium, we come to the forever. And there is going to be nothing in there that has not been tested and proven. Can we say amen to that? Now, the extreme test, when Adam got a wife, it was an unknown quantity. She was just made and given there. And if Adam had known what we know, he would have spent more time with his wife. Teaching her about these things. If Adam had known what we are knowing now, he would have spent more time not among the animals, not among the mountains, but um, with his wife, showing her that it's not everyone that is a brother. Many pastors, they spend so much time everywhere until their own church is totally untaught about the message. Uh huh. Adam, he paid it dearly because the brother came from another region. And as he spoke, it was very convincing. He, she had no idea that there is also some other human beings or some other creatures that can also speak. For the first time, she heard somebody preaching who was not her husband. And she said, no, pastor, you are wrong on this one. Pastor Serpent, you are wrong. God did not say that. He said, oh, all right, all right. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. And then she was listening. And then she was given a little discernment there. A little discernment. And then she decided, yeah, yeah. How, if this is not God, how can, how can he know all this? It's something called divination. Familiar spirits. Psychics. All those things. They've always, they are there. The devil's vision. 
Whatever is in the house of God, the devil has got it too. Spirit mediums. When you hear them say, then the angel of the Lord, they are talking about the medium that is assigned to work with him. There was only, the angel of the Lord does not just come for nonsense. The angel of the Lord spoke to Moses. And there was to be an exodus. And it was a junction. And when that angel came, he, he, Moses was told, tell the people, beware of him, because my name is in him. Who is that angel of the Lord? It is the angel of the Lord, the Logos, that went out from God. It is actually God himself. So when I hear some cheap person say, the angel of the Lord, there, I say, take off your junk. I don't want to hear that. I have had to ask somebody, do you think the angel that speaks to you is related to the angel that was speaking to Brother Branham? It's certainly not the same one. Is there any connection? Paul said, if an angel comes and does not speak this, the way I'm speaking it, let him be accused. The word is not negotiable. If unwittingly trying to be kind. She was kind and it cost her a lot. She was an unknown quantity. Today, young people, don't spend time saying, Lord, give me a wife. He will not give you. God said, I will not give anyone a wife. He said, he that findeth a wife, I will give him a reward. So it is you that have to labor and see and scan and do all the checks and balances until you find somebody. Not even Abraham was, he was Abraham's son, Isaac, was given a wife. She, he was not given. Abraham said, Eliezer, put your hand under my thigh. Take an oath. I'm going to send you to find a bride for my son. And I want you to go where I know the DNA. Don't go to West Africa. He was told where to go. And then he got into a desperation. He went to the right place. And he prayed. And God led him. Uh huh. So if you pray. And you work by the principles. The standards. You don't compromise the standards. You don't compromise the standards. You cannot take something from outside the message realm. And if it's a message realm, if it is a corrugated and corrupted and confusion and so forth, you don't want to do that. You want to be sure of what you are doing. Can we say amen to that? God will reward you for marrying the right person. I've been married, I was married in 1979. And I'm still happily married. And I got seven children. And by the grace of God, they are all serving God with me. Isn't it so, my brother? Yeah. But I know other people who made shortcuts. <laughs> and some have got some are languishing in prison as we are talking. If a man is happily married, he is not tempted with other women. Unless he's totally demon possessed. But a man that's unhappily married, it is the devil's workshop. 
So young men, pray and be led. Until you know exactly what you are doing. Okay. Right. Do I continue? I continue. All right. It's very interesting. We started off in heaven. We come down to Garden of Eden. We find there was a disaster there. Then God says, okay, that's all right. He then said, I'm starting something with Abraham. And Abraham knew exactly what to do. Amen. And we are told in the book of Matthew. This is the genealogy of Jesus. Okay. And we are told that from Abraham to David, there were 14 generations. From David to the carrying away to Babylon, 14 generations. And from Babylon to the Messiah, it was 14 generations. All in all, 42 generations. Predetermined, foreordained of God. Okay? It was bringing forth a pedigree of the Messiah. Are you listening? Right. We're still on cheap labor. You want to see the cheap labor? When the children of Israel came to Samuel and they wanted a king, they had seen the other nations and they admired it. They admired the other nations. They made, they already had an, an idea of what they wanted. They came to Samuel under disguisement. And then as they spoke to Samuel, Samuel caught the spirit. He caught the spirit that "Mm -mm, this is not as they are saying it. It is something else. He was very grieved. And after he was grieved, he prayed and God said, don't worry Samuel. It's not you they've rejected. It's not your children that is a problem. They don't want me. When you see the devil attacking your children, he's not after your children, he's after you. It's you that is after. Even if he can get your dog, he's still after you. He's still after you. So sometimes you concede. You let go. You say it's only a dog. But if he succeeds in getting that dog, the next thing he he raises the stakes. You have to start right there to say, no, no. You've come for me. I know what you're after. Let's go dry hands. You know, take off the gloves. When I came with my brother here, we came with no gloves. We said, we are going to say, okay, we are coming to meet a man that sees an angel. We don't see no angels at all. But we are standing eyeball to eyeball. We want to see what that angel can do. We're not afraid of these things. Not that they have nothing, they've got something. It may be so subtle that the man is deceived. He may not know that it's a deception. But after, after we have made it clear the way we did, the man must know. And if anyone should want to follow him, they are doing it their own peril. We have recommended that the man be, he sits under his friend who knows the message. I said, look, if you are a well-trained soldier for so long, how come you are now taking instruction from a recruit? 
somebody who must be listening to you is now telling you what to do. No wonder when I, there's now oils and all these things that are the, the symbols of typical West African folks prophets. And a white towel. Look brothers, I'm not being rude. I have started not because of this brother but because of Angel Makandiwa who were a real threat in our country. I started and I saw that what they are doing is something that is really made in Ghana. It is made in Ghana. It smells like Ghana. It looks like Ghana. It speaks like Ghana. It is Ghanaian. And we said we are not afraid of the God that comes from Ghana. Now, we were dealing with people in our country. And then I did not think one day somebody could come in a civilized country like South Africa with so many messages and come and try to be a prophet and even get a hearing. It's not even hard to judge a prophet. Let him give a prophecy. Not let him divine to tell you what restaurant you were eating in. No, no, no. Give him a challenge. Say, okay, brother. Tell us. Tell us something. Okay, let, let me be fair. I try to be fair with all people. I talked to Brother Babes, a friend of mine, a good man. You hear that? He's preached for us. He's preached on our national, to our nation. We put him on national broadcast. He preaches very well. But being a kind man, he got hooked up with this. Okay. When I asked him sometime back in Zimbabwe, I said, brother, can you tell me one knotted miracle that you have seen in this man's life? I want you to listen. And he said, oh, pastor, it's so many things. But the knotted one is about a man who had an operation. He had one kidney that was donated by his brother. And then when he came and was prayed for and the prophecy came that he has received two new kidneys and the other kidney has gone back to the brother. (laughs) Listen, listen, wait, wait. I said, good and well said. I said, my brother, if that is correct, if that is correct and proven to me that way, I will not ask any other question. Not another question. Because I know there is the power of faith. Where faith can be created like incubation of an egg, an egg can be incubated under a puppy and the egg will hatch. But when we go to the creation of kidneys, it takes the power of God. It takes the power of God. Now, there is also the power of the devil. But the devil cannot create kidneys. No, he can't. If he could create, he wouldn't be bothering us at all. He would have created his own things. He'll be having a good time somewhere without bothering anyone. The reason why he's here is because he cannot create. But he can pervert. So I have waited. I waited for the brother and I would call him. He said, no, we are still working on it. We are, still, we are almost ready and so forth. Then, this very day, I said, how far be you? with that. He said, oh, my brother, we have a real problem there. The man is no more with us. He has been paid some money to refuse the testimony. 
He now does not want to stand with that testimony because someone has paid him money. Do you think someone who has received two brand new kidneys can be paid money? Would he not be afraid that the kidneys can disappear? (laughs) Then I said, you see now, from now onwards, according to the fleece that I had put out, the thing has failed. I have every reason to say, brothers, just stay away from that. It might help you to win a lottery. It might help you to win a lottery. But if you win that lottery, your house will be haunted from that day. There will be little fellows that will be coming and say, we want this. We want this. Tokoloshis. We don't want no tokoloshis. Can we say amen to that? I'm answering many questions on this issue. However, if someone really loves him and wants to continue, they are free to do that. There's people. What, what I like about the message, people. Listen to this. One of the false prophets called Hubert Angel. He was talking to one of brothers. And he said, you know, these message people, there's something I like about them. No matter who comes to Harare, whether it's D.D. Jakes or any other big name, message people will be in their church. And they bring their tithe in their church. They are not moved by that. He observed that. And that is one of the reasons why he saw that message people, they know that God speaks to a prophet. So he worked out his way until he has become a prophet. But so cheap a prophet has he been that he made so many mistakes that there is not so much of people holding by what he says. But he saw that when people believe something truthfully because it's something true. Pastor Chris came recently. (laughs) He thought Harare was going to come to uh, a standstill. Makandiwa's church is, meetings is not far from our church. We can hear him when we are in our own church. I drove past there. I found Makandiwa's people were solid with Makandiwa. They were there. They did not go. He didn't fill the stadium. In here in, in, in South Africa, he filled four stadiums. But in Zimbabwe, he couldn't fill one. Do you know why? Okay. The message people never go there anyhow. But before him came Magaya, and Angel and Makandiwa that have taken all these that want West African things. So he came a little too late. <laughs> he came a little too late. Okay. Shall we continue? Yes. Now, I'm watching the clock to see that I will achieve what I must achieve. The people demanded from Samuel make us We want a king. And God said, okay. I know what they want. They want cheap labor. They want cheap labor. What experience? Do you know that before Saul became a king, he was not tested at all. His last experience, he was looking after donkeys. And he had even lost the donkeys. And he became king from that position. 
without being tested. Abraham, before he was called father of nations, he was tested. And he came to a final test. Joseph, before he came, he sat at the right hand of Pharaoh. Right hand of Pharaoh, he was tested. A cruel testing. But Saul was on the, on the throne without any test. And he began now to get his test when he was in the position. When God wants to place you, he tests you before you get in the position. When he wants, when he wants to demonstrate something, he lets you get there by through the window and then you'll be thrown out to prove a principle. Before Jesus could sit at the right hand of the father, he had to be tested. But Saul got on that throne without any test. And then when he was there, the first test was Samuel said, I'm coming within seven days to offer a sacrifice before the battle. And when Samuel wanted to go, God said, wait, I want to test the man. So Samuel did not come. They were looking for him every day and after seven days he did not come. Saul panicked. And the people were now scattering away. When churches are shrinking, that's what sends many people to Nigeria to try to reprop up something. And then come and start a church that is no principle whatsoever. We have had to pray for deliverance of people, women that have been, that have slept with Magaya. People drive all the way from South Africa to see Magaya. At our church, we receive together with this man here. We are praying women that say we want to be delivered. We have slept with Magaya. He has he's put a spirit upon us. He's doing it every day. Because there are dirty things that those people do. Very dirty things. Some of them, it will shock you. It's Satanism. Satan is very dirty. Uh-huh. I'm mentioning the name. Huh? I even back home, I mentioned the name. It's not a problem. If it becomes an issue, I say, well, you know very well, even in the newspapers, how many of your stories are there? Is even in, in court. He's being tried for all those things. People's wives and so forth. Those are marine spirits from West Africa. They've got to do that to stay in business. Mm-hmm. All right. So, he panicked. And he said to the people, bring, bring the sacrifice. Those people said, hey, this is the work of a man of God. He said, but he's not here. And then he sacrificed. He himself. And then as soon as he finished, Samuel arrived. And you would think Samuel is going to come and say, oh, I'm terribly sorry. I'm late and so forth. No. Samuel said, what is this you have done? He said, oh, you did not come in time and the people are scattering and the enemy is coming. Even the spoilers are attacking us. So I thought we cannot go to battle without sacrificing. And he said, you have done foolishly. This day the Lord would have established you, but you have failed. You have not observed the word of the Lord. And this poor guy. He said, now what can I do? What can I do? Do you see what I'm talking about? Then the next test, 
Now, if you fail, sometimes you can also be given another chance. Samuel came and said, go and destroy the Amalekites. God is going to bless you. Go and destroy them. Don't take anything there. Get anything. Destroy everything there. And he went there. When he was there, he told the people, we are going to do this, this, this. We are going to destroy them. Destroy everything. And then after some time, the people came and said, your excellency, do you see? Do you see that Boran cow? Do you see? I, I believe one of the Boran cows was sold for 900,000. He said, do you see that? Why don't we take these things home and then consult Samuel whether we should give these as well? The word is not negotiable. They were trying to negotiate on the word. They said, no, we are saying, we are not saying, we are just only saying to say, look, Samuel is not here. We are going to ask him, look, Samuel, do you mean even these? If he says we should kill them, yeah, we can kill them, but but the word is broken already. So, when he was coming from Bedro, he met with Samuel and he was so happy. People who do things and compromise the word, they are so happy because of the results. We are not looking at the results. We are looking at the process that gets to the result. The process. For pedigree, it is the process. It is not just the result. Because a result without the pedigree can have recessive genes hiding there. So right there, Samuel said, have you done? He said, praise God, I've done, I have killed them left, right, and said, hey, brother, I've done so much, and I even brought the evidence. He said, every what? <laughs> you mean... What is this? I'm hearing the mowing of cattle and sheep. What is this coming? Oh, he said the people. One thing a pastor must never become a toy of his church. It is a Jezebel spirit. It is a terrible thing. Because he is no longer answerable. The church becomes answerable. Adam said when he was asked what is this, he said the wife you gave me. I'm not the kind of pastor who said Lord, the church you gave me did this. Uh -uh." I said I take responsibility. If I'm driving the car I'm not going to be listening to the passenger. If the passenger says I see there's a red robot, I say thank you very much, that's good information. We are working together. But I cannot be a passenger for him to say no, turn this way. I I know where we are going. I've told the people, say, right. He says, pastor, I wish you'd finish on time. I said, when you are pastor, you do that. For me, I've known snakes to die and play dead. You kill a snake if you don't cut off its head. It plays dead. You come back after five minutes, the snake is gone. Because the snake was playing dead. I don't want nothing that plays dead. I must make sure the thing is really dead. If it dies in five minutes, yes. Then the rest of the time we spend it rejoicing and seeing uh, how we did it. But before it dies, no, sir. (laughs) 
I got a little clip that I can show the brothers later on of lions that started rejoicing. They they pulled down a buffalo and the buffalo was busy dying there and these lions started rejoicing and then they started talking who is going to take what portion and they started fighting. And while the lions were fighting, the buffalo just, the buffalo spirit came back and he woke up and he went away and left the, the buffaloes, he left the lions fighting. I'm throwing in something. One time when we were hunting with Tony Reagan and Ed Biscoe, I hunted with them. I was the man they were relying on for their safety and for what they were doing. Because God gave me a gift in that area. And then the first buffalo that brother Biscoe shot, I had really said, no, no, the way this buffalo stands, it's not standing right. He said, no, brother, I know what I'm doing. He said, okay, shoot it. So he shot the thing, and it was a disaster. The buffalo, if we were not message believers, we would have lost somebody. That buffalo would have killed somebody. But the grace of God, that buffalo ran. He expected it to fall. It did not fall. We followed it, and we, some of them were moving so recklessly, and all the time, we would be so close to the buffalo and the buffalo would run away. I could see if we continue following this buffalo, we are going to have a big problem. Big problem. I'm sure some, some of you know in 1997, a bank manager from Stambik, South Africa, him and the professional hunter in Zimbabwe, both of them were killed by one buffalo. Buffalo is a terrible creature. Now, by the grace of God, we stopped following the buffalo, but I had another brother that was with me. He saw the buffalo head crossing the road and he did not disturb it. He came, he told us, no, I think we can look for a buffalo beyond that road. And we went there and sure as anything, we saw that buffalo by itself. It had one horn that was broken. And I said, Brother Bisco, there is your buffalo. The very one. He said, yeah, now I'm going to get it down. He shot it. Didn't fall down. We had to join in to have a joint venture. We pulled him down on 13 shots. That's what killed that buffalo. And then our white people, they are achievers by birth. They would rather not have a trophy than have a trophy that is a combined effort. (laughs) So he said, on the next buffalo, he said, no matter what happens, I don't want any interventions. <laughs> and sure as anything, we go to the next buffalo. He shot this buffalo cow. It fell like a ton of bricks. But then a, a disaster came. The buffalo, the rest, the rest of the buffalo head, it they ran right into us. We had to do something there that we know as hunters. We fired in the air towards them to scare them, and then they turned away. Then we went for this buffalo that dropped like a ton of bricks. And this buffalo was still kicking. And I was doing what I was told to do, not to intervene. That buffalo got up and ran. We followed it for the whole day. We have not found it until today. We have not found it. There is always something that you learn when you get to certain places. It was quite a lesson. 
that time. Now, what are we talking about? There's always something to learn somewhere about these creatures. In the Bible, it was called a unicorn, a wild ox. They hold on to life like a strange thing. Okay, all these things I'm saying because those are familiar names. If you ever meet him, he'll tell you. He said, hey, these things. What kind of things are they? They don't know they are dead. It's a spirit. Now, let's, let's continue now. Saul finally lost the kingdom. And God said, I won't employ on that throne cheap labor. I got, we got a few doctors in here. Right. There's people who go to West Africa and spend some time there, not even in school, and come back with a doctorate. They come back doctors. Because there's people that are ready to give them that without qualifying. But a real doctor in my country, it takes 20 years to produce a basic doctor. That is 13 years in tertiary education, you know, in this high school and all these primary and secondary school, and then seven years in the university. Then you have a doctor. But it takes one day to train a gardener. Somebody working your garden one day. But that person, if he washes your new car, you might find scratches on your car. Those are the cost of cheap labor because he does not know. You have to tell him, no, no, you don't wash my car. I, I, my, my, because he doesn't know what to do. Cheap labor is, is very expensive. Amen. To produce a, white, a, a night watchman, two weeks. You've got a night watchman. He can march, he can do that. <laughs> but to produce a medical doctor. One of the leading neurosurgeons in Zimbabwe is a message believer. He's one of the few that managed, after, of course, the basic training as a doctor, within five years, he qualified to be a neurosurgeon, which is very, very, very difficult. Many people take 10 years or even 15 years because he was highly intelligent. When I met him as a new believer, he had three A's. He had three A's. And I was told, this is a brother that's got, that got three A's. That is, uh, the, he got the highest that can be obtained at A level. And I said, brother, I want to be part of your success. I want to be part of this. I took out $800 and gave him and said, I know one day you are going to be somebody. And I want to be part of your story. And I gave him that. His parents had disowned him because of the message. And he used part of that money to enter university. And today he is such a humble man. He's a deacon in Brother Chester's church. He will go to all meetings, but he is a leading neurosurgeon. But it takes some years. One of our pastors there, Pastor Amos Mkangan, he is one of the leading eye specialists. He was, he was teaching at the University of Glasgow. But he's a man I baptized in 1977. Together with three other doctors. And yet I was riding a bicycle. <laughs> when God calls you, he gives you something to give to the people. How does those things work up? This is truth that we are giving out. And when, when, when you produce those people, 
There is God doing it. But cheap labor, a cheap doctor, somebody with a fake degree. And if he attends to you, he knows how to do things cheaply, paracetamol. He just gives you paracetamol because there is no risk. Are you listening? When God wanted somebody on that throne, he found a little man by the name of David. David was was confined to the wilderness. Whether it was a public holiday, whether it was Africa Day, whether it was Independence Day, or whatever holiday, he was there with the sheep. Until that training where he was being trained, he did not like it, but God had to pass him through that until he developed a way with his slingshot. He turned a toy into a weapon because he needed it for where he was going. Can we say amen to that? And then his little harp, he turned it into a super guitar that he could play any tune on it. Until one day, he uttered a prophecy. He made that thing to utter a mystery on the harp. Until the songs that he was writing there, and he was keeping them, they sounded like songs, but he broke into the supernatural realm. With with this little toy, he broke into the supernatural realm. With this harp, he broke into the supernatural realm. Because God comes into it. He was being trained. And then one day on a small assignment to go and give his brothers some food. You say, where do I begin? Do you not? You don't begin by talking against the pastor. You are on your way to hell if you are doing that. Because you attract the spirit of hell. You accept any assignment that's given to you. Because God will meet you there. He went there to give his brothers something. And when he was there, he heard somebody blaspheming. He thought, maybe this man has just started now. And the brothers, the big people have not yet heard him. He said, hey, what's going on? What's going on? They said, shh. He said, what's this? He said, what's that thing over there? He said, don't, don't point. Go like this. <laughs> you, you mean that? They were so afraid of Goliath. <laughs> and he said, what's wrong with you, brothers? Are you still reading the spoken word? Are you still reading the spoken word or what? And then David, after some time, he broke his silence. He broke his silence. He said, what will be given to the man that kills that thing over there? And the people said, ah, the the king has said, you'll make the man rich and make his house free and give him his daughter. He said, that's good enough for me. I want to be free from this little job that I'm doing. I don't want to be, I don't want to be running up and down the steps at 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 a hotel. I want to be doing something better. Listen to this. Here is a way out. Can we say amen to that? 
He wanted to break away from that. If you are sick and tired of what you are doing, you can break away. There is enough power and a promise in the word that you can break away from that. You can break away from that. You don't have to fake papers. Even as you are. David went there. The king, the, the king was introduced to this young man. And he said, what a cheeky young man. What's wrong with you? He said, no, no, I'm not cheeky. I know. He said, oh, by the way, he's, he's a brother to Eliab. They called Eliab and said, Eliab, what do you know about? He says, I don't know nothing about his testimonies. He had given his testimonies. That a lion, I killed a lion, I, I killed a bear. Let me go. They said, go early up. He said, oh, I don't know nothing about it. Why? He was trying to protect his brother. <laughs> don't protect us, brother. We know where we are standing with this message. Even if the whole of the West African witch doctors come against us, it will be the same. They will fall. They will not be able to go through. Say, don't start trouble with West African. What West African? What? If I ask T.B. Joshua, you are a prophet, where is, where is Boko Haram? Why don't you tell them where Boko Haram is? You want to tell us my name and my address? Tell them, the soldiers, where Boko Haram is. He doesn't know. So, shut up. <laughs> Boko Haram is killing even Christians. That guy should be in prison. If he comes to Zimbabwe, we will move to have him arrested for sure. And arrested, he will. If other nations don't want to hold him accountable for the death of over 100 South Africans, we will hold him accountable. And in our nation, our leaders know us, they respect us. Because we have prayed for some of them when they were in trouble. When they were dying and God healed them. They know we are there. If he does come, yes, we'll press that he be arrested and made accountable. If he is a prophet, he couldn't tell those people that they were going to die in Nigeria. He should have closed that very day. But why does he still have followers? It's because they've drunk the water. That water is, is water that is collected from washing dead bodies. It is called witchcraft. And if you see prophets using oils and so forth, that is witchcraft. Brother Bram, in all his ministry, you never saw him carry a bottle of oil. Why, one, why would one, a message believer, want to look like a West African Juju priest? He should be ashamed of that. But if that's the only way he knows to do things, he must do it that way and convince message believers to do it that way. If you are a true pedigree made message believer, you say, no, no, no. Mm-mm. We don't want that. Amen. There's a lot of things, witchcraft in those things. Right. So, but this is, this is something, he says, the angel of the Lord told me, what angel? Angel told you to do that? The Bible says, and in these signs, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Which we are doing. Which any church can do. Can we say amen to that? Here is David. When he was authorized. He was given to go with something he did not know. An encyclopedia. 
and some Hebrew and some other books and so forth. He said, mm, I, I don't know how to use this. Can I go with what I know? Yes. I go with the spoken word. He went with what he knows. And as he went, the whole world stood wondering, is this madness? This boy, can't he see that this is suicide? And there's this boy. Goliath was wondering. He thought maybe this is a decoy. There might be somebody coming from behind. There must be somebody coming from behind. It can't be this one. David seemed to have nothing. But he had this little slingshot. In his bag. Then when he got to the to no man's land, right there on the river, on the river bed, he began picking up stones. And Goliath began to realize that there could be a problem. This guy is not coming within reach. He's going to be hitting me from far. <laughs> and while he was trying to calculate what can he do because of a secret weapon. And David knew how to use. You must know how to use your weapon. Your weapon is not good if you cannot use it. A weapon will be as good as the hand that's holding it. A sword is as good as the hand holding it. A gun is as good as the hand that's holding it. So there it was. Within a short time, Goliath was wondering. He was trying to see. And David was going like this. And he was tearing up trouble. And when he let it go, he said, Lord, we are in it together. Lord, we are in it together. If you let this stone miss, then that's it. I've done my part. If you do your part, God will do his part. David said, I've done my part. I've stood in the killing zone. I'm the first one to be killed by Goliath should it not work. But he will go for your children and he will go for your name as well. And God directed that stone. And the stone went and hit Goliath there. And Goliath, we had been sharpening his sword every day. And showing how sharp his sword was. As, David, as Goliath was stung and going like this, David ran right there as he fell. His size 8 was right on his neck and he took the sword. And before the whistle was blown to say one second round, he had already cut off the head of Goliath. And then, as he walked with, with Goliath's head in his hand, Saul asked to Abner, he said, Abner, whose child is that? He broke away from the little profession that he has. Because he had used what's there. He began to be known. They said, first of all, they couldn't ask for his name. They wanted to know his father's name. There comes a name when, a time when you are known by your own person. But he was only a, a small child. So he said, whose child? They admired him. It was a climax. It was a climax. Can we say amen to that? God can be leading you to a climax too. And then trouble began. 
for David. He was no longer with the sheep. He was now in the army. And Saul was used by God to test David. Even your enemies, even your tormentors, they are used by God to do that. To prepare you for your position. Those that are blocking your way, blocking your way, they are doing it with God's blessing. Saul was used on David to try David. Until David was a refugee. Until David one time pretended to be a madman. Until David one time when things went wrong with his little guerrilla army, something went so wrong because they, their children their camp had been overrun, their wives and children taken away, and his own army turned against him. They wanted to stone him. And David strengthened himself. He said, Lord, did you not send that man to me? Did he not come to me? I never went to him. He came to me because you chose me. You you didn't bring me this far. He said to his brothers, give me a chance. We want to recover everything. We are going to let me talk to my God. And God said, go. You will overtake them. Will I recover everything? He said, without fail, you will recover all. And David said, wait, keep your stones. If I cannot recover all and bring them, then you may stone me. But for now, give me a chance. And as they were following other brothers, got tired. They were so tired, they would not be able to cross the river. He said, no, stay over here. They went and overran the enemy. And they came back with everything. And the other said, we are not going to share with those people. He said, no, no, they are brothers. We share. We share the victory. Can we say amen to that? Then Saul was put in David's hand and Saul, David refused. The the people said, you, David, you are a holy man. You are an anointed man. Don't kill this man. We are Gentiles. We want to go back to our families. Let's, Let's do the dirty job. We are dirty people to do a dirty job. He said, no, I won't authorize that. No dirty jobs for me. Saul will one day come to the end of his road. God will deal with him. Leave him alone. That's what he said. And when the time came, Saul fell in battle. And then David came on the throne. And when he was on the throne, he was somebody who was tested through and through. And he himself, he was not going to give any position to somebody without testing. He did not want cheap labor. So all his generals, all his warriors that were about him, except for, for this man called Joab, who was quite a tricky man, but he was handy in that he hated David's enemies. All his generals had exploits. If you read second, in Second Samuel, Samuel, Samuel 23, somewhere there, we see their qualification for them to be those leaders. Because they were not cheap labor. If you have guards that don't know, that sleep at work, and they be your guards, you are employing cheap labor. They will be bound hand and foot. And locked in a boot while your house is ransacked. Locked in the boot together with his gun. And then when they've done all, they've finished all that, they release him somewhere there in Tembisa with his gun. (laughs) And the poor guy runs back, runs away back to Zimbabwe. And they look for him thinking he's the one who has stolen. But he's not the one who was in the boot. When they finally catch him there at the border. And they bring the poor guy here. He said, look, I ran away because while I was sleeping, they came and put me in the boot. Look, you can see I'm going home with nothing. I don't even have anything. 
I'm hitchhiking because I'm running away. But say, where is the gun? He said, where they dropped me in the Tembisa. Who, how many were there? I don't know, but cheap labor. Can we say amen to that? Cheap labor. God is not going to have cheap labor. Before the coming of the Messiah, these people who came up and said, I'm the Messiah. They saw the vacuum. They saw the need. They saw that Israel was in such problems. They said, surely God has failed to locate a Messiah. I'm going to volunteer. And God can anoint me and make me the Messiah. No, no, God will not do that. Every purpose of God has got somebody predestinated to it. If you go there, you are going to be a misrepresentation of it. Brother Branham says, uh, for everything, God has provided way. If it's not done that way, then it's perverted. Amen. It's a perversion. Amen. Are we saying something? Amen. They saw the need that there must be a Messiah. They stepped in and he called people. One of them, I think it was a man called Judas. Judas something. Some, he had people, 4,000 followers. But he came to nothing. And there was Theodias. And then there was all these zealots who finally were defeated at Masada. There were zealots who knew there must be a Messiah. Yes, there must be a rapture. There must, but you cannot create a rapture. It must come its own time. Yes, there must be an exodus out of Egypt, but it must come by the man that God has ordained it. Everything must be done right. And then Revelation chapter 3. Let's read verse 21. Some of you that are experts in your line of business. If you are some of those people that are doing delicate work like computers and so forth, please don't employ cheap labor. Some of the equipment you are going to be handling in the companies is worth a lot of money. And cheap labor can make shortcuts and burn up the whole thing. And then you will be liable for that. Can you say amen to that? Right, right. Revelation 3, 21. Yeah, 21. He says to him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down in my father. Am I sat down with my father in his throne? Jesus is saying, I am sitting in my father's throne because I passed every test. I was born on earth in a manger that did not stop me from being a messiah. Raised under the time of persecution that did not stop my destiny. There had to be refugees in Egypt that did not stop his destiny. In Egypt, he had to play with black children. As, uh, he looked like an albino there among the black children. But he did not care. He knew that he is right on path. Amen. And then at the age of 12, when Herod died, you say, why didn't God kill the Herod that was killing children? Is God, uh, has God lost control? He has not lost control. He was training the Messiah. He had to suffer all those things. As a teenager, he went through all that. And then he 
went through all the training. Then he met, when he was filled with the Holy Ghost, what happened? He went to the wilderness. He was led. Not into starting a church. He went into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. If you are going to be anything, you must know that either the devil has come for you already or he shall come for you. If he has been with you already, when he comes, you know you can see him coming and you are waiting for him. But if you come and rise very high without ever meeting the devil, when you meet him, you will not know what to do. Jesus met the devil on all fronts and he showed us how to conquer the devil. To conquer the devil, you don't speak in tongues and say, That does not conquer the devil. You tell the devil what is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. Then you are binding the devil. Can we say amen to that? Now, that's what Jesus did. And he overcame through and through. And then he was watching for the promises that pertain to his ministry. And then he said, I come by the volume of the book to do thy will, O God. Daniel, to be what he was, he was tested. He was tested. There's an extreme testing for a supreme position. So right now, God is raising a bride, the wife of Jesus Christ, that will be sitting on the throne. Why was John the Baptist called by Jesus the greatest of all the prophets? Why? Because of his position. In a relay race, the first runner can run so well. The second runner so well. The third runner so well. The finalist, if he says, okay, I'm, I, I now have everything. All of them, they are now sitting there. They are saying, we are resting on you. Right now, they are resting on us because we got the button stick. If we drop the button stick, then our team loses. No matter how well they've done, it is resting on us. That's why Paul wrote and, wrote and said that they may not be perfect without us. We bring perfection. The last man to identify the Messiah was John. Before John started his ministry, there was 400 years of silence. Not a single prophet. Not one prophet for 400 years. God was clearing the ground so that when one stands and says, thus saith the Lord, people will know that there must be something. He never performed one miracle. Not one. He had the spirit of Elijah. When that spirit came upon Elijah, the chief bite, he never wrote anything except a letter that he wrote to the child of Jehoshaphat. Only. He never wrote. There's no writings about him. Just he did miracles here and there and there. Right? When he came the second time in John the Baptist, he only preached. He did not do any miracles. But when he comes, when he comes for the fourth time, because first time Elijah the teach by, the second time Elisha doing the miracles and winding up and sustaining the voice of Elijah. But then when he comes the fourth time, in the man person called Brother Branham, which is where scripture meets with scripture. What made Jesus the Messiah? Because scriptures were meeting there. It is a meeting point of scriptures. Promise and promise meeting there. Until he says, I come according to the volume of the book. So when Elijah comes for the fourth time, he's doing both 
preaching and also doing miracles. And on all the miracles recorded, the greatest miracles were done in this land of South Africa. Why? Because this is a, it's a destiny country. There's something special about this country. That is why people, the reason why South Africa is a dustbin today with crime is because people have crowded South Africa from all the neighboring countries. They are responsible for starting all that engineering, all that criminal activities. Okay? Spiritually, the same thing. But there is something called resilience. Resilience. There's no country in Africa where there's such a diversity of people like South Africa. Why? They are attracted because there's something in here. And you've got to really jealously guard these things. It's South Africans. Don't join the rest of these people. These countries where, you know, there's such chaos that people, murders are not even investigated. When there's even evidence, they just pay the money, that's it. Nigeria, you don't get any, you don't get prosecuted for anything. For anything, as long as you have money. It's a system. Can we say amen to that? So, when Jesus finally, he had his final test. Are you listening? His final test was in Gethsemane. Gethsemane. Where he had to make a choice. As he was seeing what was about to happen. He was seeing all that and he said, Father, if it be my will, let this cup pass. But let it not be my will, but thine. And the father said, yes, my will is that you drink the cup. The will of the father for you to be what you must be, you must drink the cup. There is a cup that comes with what you want and what you are supposed to be. The mother of John and James came to Jesus and said, I have a request, Rabbi. I want my two sons, one on your right hand, the other one on your left hand. And it caused a lot of unhappiness in the church and said, Sister, you think of your sons only. What about our sons? You want to take the two positions for your sons only. And Jesus said, Well, there's a cup to drink. There's a cup. And the two sons, they say, he said, although you are going to drink the cup, but as for who sits next to me, it is up to the father. There is a God-given position that cannot be negotiated. But for you to get there because it's yours, you must drink the cup. Where is the cup? What cup did Jesus have to drink? Are you listening, message believer? He had to drink everything that was written about him. Right now, what is the cup for us to drink? Anointed ones at the end time. Can you drink that cup? Can you drink that cup? That message, anointed ones at the end of time. It will show you that you must, you, have, must, you must not even entertain someone claiming to be a prophet now. Because the message, right now, there is unleashed legions of demons that are going to be impersonating Christianity to the dot. They will not be making false miracles. No, no. They will be making true miracles. That can be scientifically proven. Until even the elect will have a hard time and say, ah, this must be God. It is still isn't God. Because he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. There are seven messages 
seven anointings that were ordained by God. The first one being the church of Ephesus. The last one being the seventh church which is Laodicea. So all that, after that seventh trumpet, God now breaks, he, he goes into silence and say, now this is time for you to eat that. And during that silence, the seventh series silence, this is where these people rise up and say, then the angel of the Lord says, then the angel of the Lord took me. Some of them, they are seeing angels of right. It's okay, they are seeing it. But it's not those angels that we have anything to do with. (laughs) They have nothing to do with us. It's going to be harder as Janice and Jambres are unleashed. You see, the devil can go and complain and say, look here, we want fair play. He said in the days of Job, he said, Lord, this is unfair. There's a hedge around this man. This man is blessed. He's got good children. He's got everything good, good. That's why he's worshiping. And God said, okay. I don't impleach people. Go for him. And Job was tested through and through. And when he finished, God said, now, I'm putting him in his position. When Job was finished, the devil had said, no, for Job, I have no more anything to say. He must try everything. Has he tried you? This is not cheap labor, this message. You can't come through the window. If you come on the highway through intercession, you cannot have intercession to put you in the bride. It can save you from Sodom and Gomorrah and allow you to come back in the second resurrection but by predestination and by holding on to the word because the elect cannot be deceived because the elect is the word. How do they become the word? It is because they accept the word and let the word rule their lives. Then they become the word. So there is a cup for us to drink. Can you drink invisible union? Can you drink future home? Can you drink the seven seals? Can you drink the token? Can you drink also this message? Uh, fundamental foundations of faith. Can you drink all that? Can you also drink the stage of a perfect man? Because if you receive the Holy Ghost without all those things inside of you, you become a false anointed one. You can get an anointing by just coming into the presence of people that are in the Holy Ghost. Like Saul, like Samuel. Saul sent some soldiers to arrest David. And the soldiers came to the place where David was with Samuel. They were praising God and having a good time. When the soldiers got there, instead of arresting, they got into the spirit and started singing and falling down and prophesying. Praising God with a loud voice. And speaking uncontrollably. And then he he sent a second team. They prophesied again. And then Samuel, Saul himself, he took took some vodka and some dacha, you know, some smoke to get really angry. He came very angry. He said, I'm going to arrest these people. And when he got in there, he said, my goodness gracious me, God is good, is love endureth forever. Oh, even David, I love him too. And he started prophesying. But they were false anointed one. After that service was over, he said, come on boys, go get him. 
But if a man has got faith and on his faith he adds virtue and on virtue he adds also knowledge of the word and comes temperance, patience and so forth right up to brotherly kindness. When God sees all that and shakes it and sees it's a genuine faith, it's genuine knowledge, it's genuine patience, then he says, okay, now I'm going to seal him. No, no shortcuts. The biggest investment that a man can ever have is your wife. Because that is really what you are going to be. Your future lies there. If there is a war between you and your wife, she can poison the children until they will never believe you. Okay. And the biggest investment in a church, it is the pastor. This is why that position is protected. Men can just not come from the blue and become a pastor. He must have a pedigree. He must have a pedigree. What he has come through. Not just say, I dreamt that God is going to give me. He comes here and starts stealing people from here and here and here and start having a, 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 a church of stolen sheep. need a pedigree. So, listen brothers, this is where our power is. Because Jesus said, this is the most deceptive age. The devil has cried foul and said, no, 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 no. These people, you gave them such a prophet. That's no wonder why they can't move away from this. Allow me to also send my own prophets. God said, okay. Allow them also to do miracles. The mystery between the sixth and seventh vial. Three unclean spirits like frogs. These are the devils working miracles to deceive the world. So the final area after the message of the seventh angel, after Revelation 10, 7, after that, the mystery, that mystery unfolds. False prophets working miracles. They will be totally against if a man sees an angel and say, what did your angel say about Brother Branham? He said nothing. He said, go to hell with your angel. Amen. An angel? The angel that came to Cornelius. He said, there's Peter there, our man there. If an angel is truly from the same God, the same heaven, and the same mission, he will recognize all that. The angel that came to Moses, that spoke to Moses in the wilderness, there in the bush, it recognized Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Who is this angel that does not recognize Irenaeus and Paul and Martin Columba right up to Brother Branham? Who is that? It's devils. It's devils. Uh, message believer. When we come back in the afternoon, I'll read the quotations. Right. We stop here. We stop right here. I have all the quotations. They're all here. We'll read them. So you see what we are talking about. That is what we spend our time doing. Teaching our people. Not wandering and running around everywhere. Right. One of my favorite things that I do. When I preach. I finally say to the people. Okay. Here's a simple thing. The Bible says. Delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. 
And I will say, write your desire. Let it be your secret. Your desire. And we just pray with my brother here. We say pray. So, we want you, as we close this meeting, before we do anything else, we want you to just write if you have a real desire that is upon your heart. On the strength of the scripture that says delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That is scripture and scripture cannot be broken. We are reminding people that in the message and what we have, there is enough power to solve and dissolve your problems. We are saying, you write your desire so that you will remember what you have written. I don't always do that, but when I do that, the results come. There is a result. I know even people in my country, they don't understand me. They think God cannot be that simple. There must be something else. There is nothing else. Simple. The scripture. Can you put up the scripture, brother, on the machine? It's in Psalms, I think, 137 or somewhere there. Delight in the Lord. Or Psalms 37. Somewhere. Delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Scripture cannot be broken. By delighting in the Lord, that's why you are in the message. That's why you are dressing like this. You are dressing like an old woman because you want to please the Lord. We are receiving what those that have oil poured upon are not receiving. Those who had oil poured upon them, they got nothing. I spent the other day with Pastor Madiba there with Brother Mdoti. We were going around looking for spares for a combined harvester. And the white people in those places were wondering what does a black man have to do with that machine? Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. It is a simple scripture. Delighting in the Lord. That, when you write, that is how far your faith comes. When you have written, somebody without any faith in it will not even write. He says, ah, come on, man. We are not kids. Let me tell you, we have done it. I did it. I wrote. I wrote what I wanted. And God gave it to me. And when he gave it to me, it puts me in the category where none of my people have ever been and will ever be. I wrote I wanted a combined harvest and God gave me one with all the things that are on it. He gave me one and I've got one. And I was looking for spares for it. And the white people were wondering they wanted, they said, where is this machine? They were trying to say, so they didn't want to say whose. I said, it is Zimbabwe. So they think maybe my boss has sent me, which is fine. It's okay. But that's it. That machine is over 
500,000 United States dollars. Even here in South Africa, it will cost more than 500,000 US dollars. I've got it and I do not owe anything on it. I got it upon that. Our brother who, our brother who passed on, brother G, our librarian, the most famous voice of God librarian in the world. He wrote when I I said right and he wrote he wanted a house. And God gave him a house. That's the house where we held his funeral. He has had that house for years. And God did that. His wife on the other side had literally taken a little picture of the pillow of fire and put in her pillow and said, Lord, we are tired of lodging and we are renting here, renting here with the children. It's such a disgrace. And there came a time when decree met with decree. And the way God did it, he's traveled all over the world on God's business. And one time when he went to a very poor country in Eastern Europe on business, Gospel business. When he was about to leave, the man, one man there said, how many children do you have? He said, oh, I've got four boys. Okay, all right, that's okay. I got some sweets for your children. So he was given a packet of sweets and it was quite a packet and then he put it in his briefcase and he came all the way to Zimbabwe. Past South Africa, when he went to the toilet, he would leave there and say, can you look up my briefcase? There was just his preaching things and the sweets. And then when he got home, he showed the children what he had bought for them. And then he finally said, oh, by the way, I got some sweets for you. Bring my briefcase. Then he took out the sweets. And behind the sweets in the parcel, there was 350 US dollars. 350,000 US dollars donated that he found when he was in his house. And he bought the house. The house, if you come to Harare, I can take you to the outside and talk to anyone who will show you that. That's exactly how it happened. Why? Because God keeps his word. You don't have to see a sangoma. You can just write a decree and say, Lord, I don't know how you are going to do it. I don't know how you are going to do it. Because you are God. Am I the only one? No, many people have done it. A new sister a new sister in the faith. During Christmas, we heard that. She, she had a big debt that was worrying her. It was cancelled, but that is classified. It was cancelled. A debt over 300,000 was cancelled. Yeah. Yeah, I was with him. She came. Brothers and sisters, God is real. This is how you defeat the devil. It is written. So we know that the devil, we don't want the devil to debate with you. He said, do you think this can happen? We are saying your faith is to just write. When you have written, you have done your part. David, all he did was let the stone go. And he said, Lord, we are in it together. The rest is up to you. And God will do it. He does it. We don't give a time frame or anything, but you'll be surprised that God keeps his word. He keeps his word. I once said it in England. (laughs) By the grace of God through our brother here and brothers from Zimbabwe, when we found that in England, 
the saints there, the believers of the message, they were ashamed of Brother Branham. They were ashamed of the picture of the pillar of fire and so forth. And they were not even wanting someone to quote Brother Branham. They realized, no, we are wasting our time here. They said, Pastor, what do we say? I said, uh-uh. just do your own thing there. You have done your best. Now, let's do what we can do. Today, we can tell you that church is the largest church in the message in Europe. So you can go and see it. And all the officers, they are all my children that I've baptized, but I've never seen any angel. But those that have seen angels, what have they done? Nothing. I never stole any sheep from anyone, even in Zimbabwe. I don't steal sheep from my brothers because it creates problems. How can a man love you if you are wanting to steal his sheep? How do you steal a man's sheep? You've got to tell that your pastor is good, but he's weak, he has no punch. So you are cartooning a man of God. It's not a matter of punch. It's a matter of men doing what he sent to do. Some people are born tall, others short. Some people run for a long time. Everyone must do. Sometimes you do it first, but when he comes later on in his season, when he overtakes you, wonder and says, God said I had it in my program. You don't know what God is in store for a man. Just be faithful on your part of duty. God is not finished yet. So we tell you, I said it in that church in England, there were a couple from Eastern Europe. They said, Lord, if this man is speaking the truth, they wrote their decree. Those two white men and his wife, they came and spoke to me and said, Pastor, we wrote that. We were not really truly believing. We were saying, Lord, if this is true, they came and said, God gave us what we asked for. He's the true God. He speaks the truth. Then he won't be owing anyone anything. We don't ever want to make children of God dependent. We want you to depend on scriptures. And we don't even want to know what you have written to come and say, Pastor, do you want to know what I have written? I say, it's your secret. Sometimes your wife will not even know it. It's a decree between you and God. That is what strengthens the faith of people. When God remembers what you have written, that no one else knows, and the thing comes, you say, my goodness, ha, Lord, I'm a sinner. I was taking you lightly. You know, God honors the desires even more than he honors the prayers. People can pray for something because someone is driving a a car and say, Lord, I want a car, but he doesn't really want it. You are trying to impersonate someone. A desire in your heart. Let's bow our heads. My brother Mike will just pray for that. For our desires. Our dear Heavenly Father, we are gathered this morning in your presence. Your children have been listening for your word. Lord, may you touch them that have raised their hands. They that have written what they desire. It's your word, Lord, that has been spoken. May you vindicate it. May you give them, Lord, for you said, I will give the desires of your heart. Father, bless each and every one of us. Bless the pastor. Bless your children, Lord. Bless that they have traveled from far. In the name of Jesus, Satan has got no jurisdiction to block or to refuse to grant the desires of the children of God. Father God Almighty, we want to thank you for this gathering this morning. May you bless us as we are breaking and we are waiting, Lord, for the conclusion of this story. In the name of Jesus Christ, bless each scribble that has been given into your hands for your blessing. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
I finish for now and I've got a request to you people that are here. My request is some of you that were also recording privately, don't put anything on YouTube or anything on Facebook. You wait for your pastor. We don't want people that run ahead. I'm still to say something else in the afternoon. Because if you start circulating things, we are saying you can get someone to hear a certain part without hearing the conclusion of the matter. If you announce victory before they finish counting the ballots, they might make a plan. They might make a plan. And after making the plan, things can be changed. You must learn to keep secrets. Brother Branham says, I've got things in my heart that I want to do. I don't tell anyone. Not because that person will tell others, but because if I speak it, the devil will hear it. But as long as it's in my heart, he cannot get there because I am sealed. If you are sealed with the Holy Ghost, the devil cannot get inside of you. Amen. Amen. May we leave everything to the pastor. Pastor, I took more freedom than you had granted me. (laughs) Yeah, I could read that I am so welcome. God bless you. As we stand I think if a, if a man only comes once in 14 years in the country to preach, one hour extra is nothing. Amen. How many were blessed? Amen. A round of applause for our elder, Brother Godwin Chitsindi. Amen. We will be back at 3.30 for 4 o'clock. Amen. There is an army rising. To break every chain. When God called Brother Godwin Chitsindi, he was a, a part of the militia fighting in the guerrilla war. And God said, No, I need you for a spiritual warfare. The Brenham family donated a gun that Brother Brenham used to use to hunt. He has it in his house, he uses it for hunting. Don't be scared. We're not trying to position him as an eighth messenger. He really, really hates the eighth messenger syndrome. That's why he advocates the principles that have been advocated before by Brother Brenham. Amen. So I believe God, the Brenham family gave him that gun as a symbol that wherever he sees the devil, he must shoot and not miss the devil. He must never miss the target. So he never misses the target. Amen. Amen. I mean, I'm happy that he came this way. Amen. Let's say there is an army rising to break every chain. I think we'll swap. They'll use this. While we fix that one. 
Amen. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. There is power in the name.
heads bowed. Uh, Brother Grace, if you can stop to the fore, we'll just wrap up in prayer. Amen. Let's pray, our Heavenly Father, dear God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this moment that you've spent in your presence. Truly, God, in your presence and your name, there's no chain that can stand. Every chain has been broken, oh God. We thank you for such a breakthrough, Lord, and this word that you've spoken to us, oh God. Now that we've handed here, Lord, and want to go out for a break, we pray that you be with us, oh Lord, and help us keep this word within our hearts. Until we come back, Lord, and continue where we left, O oh God. We thank you, Lord, for a great time and moment we spent, O oh Jesus. Would you place, O oh God, the vessel that you used for us this morning? Yes, Lord. Anoint him, Lord, so that when he comes back here, Lord, let us, O oh Father, Lord, see you and you alone speaking to us, O oh God. We thank you for everything, O oh Lord, you've done for us this morning. For we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then we are back here at 3.30 for 4 o'clock. Amen. How many were happy with elderly exhortations? Amen. God bless you. Makanaka Makanaka Simutaru woko Oh, my. 
wakanaka wakanaka jesu wakanaka jesu wakanaka wakanaka jesu wakanaka Oh, Tom! 